0: Welcome to the King's Cost, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Uh, if you turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Praise God. Well, I'm aware of time this morning where we haven't got long, but I'm going to spend a few moments this morning as I just finish um, the final part of uh, the Let It Go series that I started. So this is the third week and the final part as we wrap this one, one up. But I'm just to recap, just on the first couple of weeks, the first week, we looked at what it is to let go of hurts and pains in our life and forgiving other people. And things that we harbor onto sometimes. And if we harbor these things, that they can sometimes be like a a disease in our heart. Bitterness creeps in. And sometimes when we don't let go of these things, we can't really live out the the life that God intended for us. And then second week I looked at last week was in Romans chapter 6, that sin can also cripple us. If there's unchecked sin in our lives, if there's things in our lives that we need to deal with, then we, we need to present these things to God. We can't hide from God. And we need to let these things go. And ask God for forgiveness. But let some of the bad habits go in our lives. Amen. Now we, we kind of brought around the Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1 to 3 was kind of the anchor um, scripture around this, this kind of this series. And that was. Therefore since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And that's talking about the people of faith being mentioned in the previous chapter, the great men and women of God. Let us throw off, it says, everything that hinders. Get rid of these things, the sin that so easily entangles. And then he says this, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. (coughs) I want to talk today a lot about this area, of fixing our eyes on Jesus and looking to the race that's marked out before us. Do you know that there's a race marked out for every single person? I believe in. I believe in destiny. If we follow Jesus, if He has a path, He has a plan. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, it says, "For I know the plans I have for you, not just one plan, but let me tell you today that them little children we've prayed for <clears throat> and we've blessed this morning, that each one of them have, has a plan." There is a plan in their lives, and there's also plans in your lives. I also believe that God has more than one plan. Amen? If he just has one plan, if if it fails, then something's going to go wrong. But God has many plans and a destiny for us to follow. He has a race marked out for us, and we have to persevere for this race, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. Now, it's interesting that before we hear that verse, it talks about the great cloud of witnesses. And it talks about them for their faith. And I want to talk to you today that one of the biggest things that's a battle against your faith is fear. Fear is one of the crippling things that will stop and hinder you from moving into the things of God. If you want a race marked out for you, the race might be there. Sometimes some of us can see the path. We know what we need to do. We know where we need to go. But sometimes fear of the unknown. Is the thing that stops us from moving forward. Fear is one of the biggest things that will come against your faith. Matthew chapter 14. Let's look at this amazing story of Jesus meeting his friends out in the middle of the water. It says this, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I love that. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, I want you to see in this story that as Jesus meets his disciples in the middle of a lake and let, just just let that soak in for a moment this is Jesus meeting his friends in the middle of a windy lake I want you to capture this because just moments before this happened they'd also experienced the feeding of the 5000 that's what had just happened they'd been involved in this huge miracle of 5000 People being fed. In fact, that wasn't just the women and children. That was 5,000 men. And then the women and children as well. And they'd seen this amazing miracle happen. But yet, after seeing such an amazing thing, being in this place, what then Jesus says is this. Immediately tells them to get into the boat. And to cross the lake to the other side. You see, Jesus had a destiny for them and another place that he wanted them to go to. And I really believe that that moment, that time, they would have been in a place where they felt like staying. I don't know about you, but if something happens like an amazing miracle, if you're in a good meeting, you want to stay. You want to stay in that place where the presence of God is. And we love the presence of God. We love those places where we feel God's presence, where we see the miraculous happening. But strangely enough, Jesus says to them, get into the boat. And I want you to cross. And Jesus stays there to pray. It's interesting that a lot of people say, we've got to follow Jesus. A lot of people say, we've got to follow Jesus. He's always got to be ahead of us. That's true. I understand the meaning of that. He has always got to be ahead of us. But you know, sometimes he tells people to do things and he stays behind. He prays. He says, listen, I want you to do something. I know it doesn't sound like it makes any sense this, but I want you to step into this boat and leave me here because I need to pray. But trust me. You see, following Jesus is not about just following where his presence is all the time. It's following his instructions. It's not about just running to every single meeting where his presence is. It's about listening to what he wants you to do. That's what following Jesus is. Some of us are always just following, pursuing his presence. Some of us got to listen to his voice. What he wants us to do. Peter, we see in this story... As he's out in the middle of this lake, he has an opportunity to set up a miracle. And I love the fact that he's the one who sets up the walking on the water miracle. He sees Jesus doing something. He sees Jesus walking on water and he says, if it's you, then call me to come to you. Jesus doesn't say, no, no, you don't understand. I'm God and I'm the one who can do these miracles. It's not for you. He says, no, come to me. And I love the very fact that he sets This miracle up. But I want to talk to you today. Because I believe. That some people here. Are clinging on to the old experiences. They're clinging on to what they believe God is. And what he is from yesterday. You see you can't have. Just an experience of yesterday. Determine your destiny. You see, they were hanging around and I'm sure they thought, this is an amazing place to be. A Miracles occurred. The feeding of the 5,000. We want to stay here in this place of presence. We want to stay it. The- these miracles are happening. And when Jesus says to them, listen, I want you to get into the boat and leave. They must have been a little bit discouraged. Not only the fact that they're stepping onto a lake that is windy and there's waves, but that they had to leave this place of security. I believe today that God wants to call some people in your spirit today out of your comfort zones. He wants to call you to let go of your comfort. Because comfort is a contender for your faith. It's a massive contender for your faith. And where God wants to use you in the future. Are you listening to me this morning? It's a great contender for what God wants to do. Some of us think that by staying around and hanging around in the presence of God and hanging around in places where God's been is what we need to do. But Jesus is saying, I've got bigger things, greater for you. I remember, I said it last week, I, when I was talking about sin, when I first got saved, someone had a book on their shelf and it's, it was Dying is Living. I thought, why on earth would you want a book about Dying is Living? I realize that you do need to die to sin, but actually one of the first books I read when I got saved and I came to the Lord in 2002, I went straight on holiday and I took, someone gave me a book and it was by John Ortberg. And it says, if you want to get out of the, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. Well, some of us have got to get in the boat first. Some of you out there, if you want to do great exploits, great things for God, well start listening to what Jesus said and tells you to get in the, in the boat first before you get out of it. Some people want to get out of a boat they're not even in. Some of us want to do things, great things for God, but we're not prepared to do what he asked us to do in the first place. And I remember reading that book and thought, actually the truth is this. I do want to get out of the boat. I was with someone recently, said, I want to see great miracle I want to see a revival film. I want to see great things happening for God and I read these books and I said, Well listen, all you've got to do is do it. Do what Jesus said you should do. And it's strange people don't seem to grasp that point. They're waiting for God to do everything. If we want to step out of the boat, then step into it first. Step into the place where Jesus has called you to go and to do. Part three today, as I finish this session, is called Water Walkers. Water Walkers. Because I believe today in this room there are people who can walk on water. That's not physics. Don't try going downstairs today and trying to perform a miracle. You know, what I'm saying is, you can do greater things. There is so much more for you than where you are. And you've got to grasp it. You are different to me. Your plans, your destinies, the things God has got for you... Everything that God has called upon your life is different to what it is for me. Thank God if we were all the same, wouldn't it be boring? Wouldn't it be boring if every one of us had the same plan in our lives? But I'm telling you, when I look out today, I see potential. I see the possibility for people to do great and mighty exploits for God. In different ways, in different characters, in different unusual ways sometimes. But I believe God is can use and he's going to use each and every one of you if you let him. Despite yesterday's experiences, Jesus is always one step ahead of us. Listen, just because he said, get in the boat and cross, even though he wasn't there physically, he was praying. He went to pray to his father. And I love that because I believe he was saying, God, they're out there now. I'm going to let them see that as they follow my instruction, that it will be setting up for a miracle. But they're getting used to following instructions. Bless them, Lord. I'd love to know what he prayed. I'd love to know what he prayed when they were probably leaving thinking, why do we have to leave Jesus when we've just seen such amazing things? Why are we separate from him? I believe he was praying for them. Do you know that Jesus is praying for you all the time? All the time he's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. Every single day, every minute, every second, he intercedes for us and he knows our destiny. He knows the things he wants us to do. He says that, He made, I don't know if you've seen this before, but we read it. He made the disciples get into the boat. Now, can you imagine this? They've just finished this amazing miracle. And then Jesus says, get into the boat. And he almost pushes them. He says in the King James, he insisted that they get in. It's not like, listen guys, I've got a good idea. Why don't we go to the other side of the lake? Would you do this for me? What about it, guys? What do you think? And then the guys are like, well, can we pray on the mountain for a night first just to think, see what God says about it? He says, no, I am God. And I insist you do this. Get into the boat. How many of us are resisting God? We're resisting the hand of force sometimes because he knows what's best for us. You know, as parents, sometimes we know what's best for our children. We sometimes force them to do things. They don't understand it. Here we have this potential for their future. He's saying, listen, if you do what I say, you will see amazing things. Just do it. I know you don't understand it, but get into the boat. He insists. Listen to me this morning. I believe that we need to leave our past experience, be prepared to leave what's good behind. Some of us today have got bad experiences of the past. They're the things we just hold on to them, the comforts. We can't, we don't move into a future or destiny because we're scared of what's happened in the past before. Listen to me, past experiences are not things that are going to determine your future anymore. It's time to get into the boat of uncertainty, not really know what's going to go happen in the next season. But you know that you're with Jesus. God is calling you to these places, sometimes of uncertainty. Because listen, there's no uncertainty about when you've got the foundation of Jesus Christ. There's no uncertainty in that. You can get into a boat of uncertainty and not really know what's going to happen. But God is with you. And I really believe he's calling people today in this room. He's saying, listen, I want you to leave your past behind. It's time to get into my boat. Get into it. You don't understand what's coming. You don't understand the plans I have for you. To prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. Don't you know that I designed you in your mother's womb? Don't you know that in Psalm 139, every day was ordained for you in the book of days. Do you not understand that? I am your creator. If I'm your creator, get into my boat. But some of us are like, no, I'm not having it. I just want to pray about this first. I want to think about this first. Listen to me. You can't question God. You can't question what he wants to do in your life. Because he always knows best. How many parents always know best? My mum used to say, Phil, when you grow up, you'll understand. You'll say, oh mum, you were right. I don't like to tell that, but she was. She was pretty much right about most things. Do you know? We crossed. We crossed the lake. We got into the boat when. Three years ago, as a church, we stepped out of the boat. We, as a church, decided to go out and do what we do on the streets, to go and take the gospel out. Now let me tell you, I believe we've seen amazing fruit from that. I believe we've seen great things. Our eyes, sometimes I, I can't believe what I've seen. But I want to say to you today that, It's not just a corporate thing. Listen, just because the church steps out of the boat corporately, I believe individually there's people in here who need to step out of the boat individually in specific things. There are ministries in this room. It's like an incubator. Do you understand this? It's like a spiritual incubator. There is a spiritual incubator and some people don't want to be in it sometimes. But if you get into his spiritual incubator, the potential for the future is amazing. Because when you fulfill your destiny, when you fulfill what God has called you to do, the the things he's put in your heart, that you allow these dreams to come to pass. If you allow these things to come to pass, it will in turn bless the church. It will in turn grow the church. Because individual callings are upon your life. He's calling you today to step out of your boat. You know prophet Ezekiel, if you look at Ezekiel. He says this, that Ezekiel, he was called to go to the exiles. He was a prophet. He had to go and take the the word of God to the exiles in Babylon. And when he's called, he has this great encounter with with God. He sees God and he has this great encounter. But then he's called to do a job. And do you know some people today, just like that, they've had a great experience of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Ezekiel sees God. He's in his presence. But then he's called to take this message. And he says that he doesn't want to go. He, he's experiencing seeing God first hand. But then he has to go to this place that he doesn't really want to go to. The reason being is because the people he was going to go to were hard in their hearts. He's calling you to do things that you, you put it down on paper. It doesn't make sense. You're saying, listen, God, it's better to be in your presence. It's better to just enjoy your presence to do the things that you've called me to do. Because if you look, they're not going to listen. I'm not going to enjoy this thing that you're calling me to do. I'm not sure it's right. If we look at Ezekiel, it says this. Ezekiel 3, verse 10 to 11, it says, And God said to me, this is Ezekiel, Son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your people in exile and speak to them. In other words, he says this. The things that I'm asking you to do, the things that the Spirit of God is impressing in your heart to do today, that you're wondering, shall I get in the boat or not? Listen to me. You've got to let these words from God, these instructions, get into your heart, not your head. You see, it says he had to let these words get into his heart. He had to let these words digest into his heart. You see, when they said, when Jesus said, get into the boat, I believe they were thinking, this does not make sense to do this. It does not equate. It does not work out. But if you let God's words, his instructions settle in your heart and not your mind, you'll see that it makes sense. Next, it says this. Ezekiel, in verse 14, it says, Then the Spirit then lifted me up and took me away. He says, And I went in bitterness and in anger of my spirit. But it says this, with the strong hand of the Lord on me. In other words, sometimes you can get into your boat, not understand it, and don't wait for the prophecies and everything to come in your life till you feel perfect, and you think, this is it, I'm living the dream, the boat feels good. Listen, your boat sometimes feels a little bit uncomfortable. You don't understand why you're in this position or why you're going where you're going. It feels a bit, a little bit strange to you this, and you're not understanding why you are where you are. But listen to me, as Ezekiel was lifted up in his spirit and took, even in his emotions of bitterness and anger, it says that God's spirit was strengthened him. Now I believe that God's spirit is stronger than our emotions. So whatever emotions you have about the things he's calling you to do, his spirit will give you more strength, even above your emotions of how you feel. He's greater than our emotions. I want to ask you today, you prepared to leave your boats, to leave the land, sorry, and get into that boat and go into a place where God is calling you to go. It's your decisions. You know these things that God is calling you to. If we listen to God's direction, it's the catalyst for his destiny for us. It is the instigator for the things he wants to do. Number two today is that we need to let go of our fears. We need to let go of our fears. If we want to see the Holy Spirit move in our lives and in this church, then we've got to get rid of the logical limits of our mind. we got to get rid of the logical limits of what's in our minds. Because let me tell you today, there is breakthrough in this place if you want it. There is breakthrough in your life if you surrender to him. If you say, God, I want to give everything. I want to get into this boat. I don't understand where I'm going. I don't understand what you're doing. I want to get rid of logic. Listen, logic's not going to get you very far. <laughs> You'll get as far as your own brain. That's how far you can go with logic. But listen, God is not into logic. You can't work God out. You See, they went out, and they went into the middle of this lake, and the next thing it says is this, that as they looked out, they saw Jesus walking there. Do you know what I love about this? That Jesus not only walks in front of them, but he transports himself at speed to where they are. You know, he's been praying all night. He not only just as a gentle walk, he gets to where they are. He must have had to get a bit of a move on to have a time of prayer and get to where they were. That's a miracle. Then he appears and they look out and they, they, they can't tell. And they say, is it a ghost? That's their first response. Is this a ghost on the water? You imagine the, the, the darkness, the waves and the sea and they're looking across. They're trying to see, who is this? They've just been with him and he's done a miracle. But now they're trying to tell, who is this person on the water? And they think it's a ghost. He says they were terrified and fearful. Listen to me. Many people think that you can put God in a box. You can put him in a position where you feel you know what he looks like. How he acts in a service and what he's going to do. Listen to me, if you want the spirit of God in these services, there's going to be things happening sometimes that you don't understand. There's going to be times when you see manifestation of the Holy Spirit that you say, I don't know about this. I'm not so sure about this. Listen to me. When the Holy Spirit comes upon people, when he invades and comes into a room, it will change the atmosphere. I don't want the atmosphere, what the world offers. I want the Spirit of God in these meetings. And some people may say, I, I don't know, is this a ghost? Is this right? Is this, is this God? They looked at Jesus. They've been hanging around with him. Do you know why they thought that? Because they couldn't put the context of we can we can handle bread, we can handle multiplication, we can handle multiplication of what we see, but I'm not so sure about someone walking on water. This is a little bit too far. It's just gone a little bit too. I don't know about this. I can handle that that kind of miracle, but I can't handle this one. And some of us today. As saying, there's certain things I hear in the church, and then there's certain things I don't like. Listen to me. If you want the gospel, you have to buy out the whole field. If you find the treasure in the field, you have to buy the whole field. So sorry. You better get to like it. Deal with it. Because in the whole field, there are things that you don't always like. But just because you don't like them, doesn't mean someone else doesn't. That's life. But I'm telling you, when God begins to move in our house, I'll tell you, sometimes we haven't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you, we've seen nothing yet. And I'm hungry for more. But if we want to see God move, you've got to be prepared. Because I don't want to do normal church services. I don't want to do just the normal stuff. Why don't I want to do the normal stuff? Because anyone can do that. Anyone can create a great meeting. There are professionals out there today. Who can talk to you about communication till it comes out of your ears. The best communicators in the world a lot better than me. But listen to me. I'm not here to do good communication. I'm here to say God we want your spirit to change us, refresh us, restore us, release us. I want it when people come in here they say this. God is in this place. Not that was a good meeting. God is there. Now God is everywhere. We know that. But God is making himself aware because people are hungry. And they're thirsty for him. Listen to me. If you want to see God do more in this place, you better start getting hungry and thirsty for him. You see, they looked out. They saw. They thought, is it a ghost? Listen to me. You better expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. I've been shocked in some services before, I'll tell you. And I've grown up since I was a little baby. I was born dedicated. I was raised in church. I've done every single duty in the church since I've grown up. I've seen my parents. They're still serving in the church after 60 years. I've seen church. But listen to me. I've seen some weird stuff. I've seen some odd things. I've even had to say to my dad. Dad, what does this mean? I'm not so sure. And listen to me. When God shows up, some people don't understand it. And do you know why I believe we don't see much manifestation of God in many churches today? It's because people don't want him to show up. They're scared of what might happen. And so what we do is we create attractional type model services that will attract people because it's just, as, just a little bit like the world but has a bit of a God angle on it. Look, listen to me. We don't want that. Why do we need that? We need the spirit of the living God because you don't have to be ashamed of God. If you're ashamed of God, then he'll be ashamed of you. You know, sometimes I've been in in places and I've thought, I think if, if we were to, sometimes the people who are in here might be thinking, what is this place? What's going on? Do you know what? I'm not worried anymore. Because I've known some of the best meetings are when God reveals the secrets of men and women's hearts. He reveals his presence to people. And it's not about how well we do a song. It's about God speaking to his children. That's what he wants to do. When God is in the house, it's not to show off. It's to say, children, I'm here. And I love you so, so much. You're my kids. Do you know that? No matter how how old we all are, you are my kids. And I want to show, I want to lavish on you miracles. I want to lavish on you gifts. I want to lavish on you the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you're full of joy and not depression. Hallelujah. Let go of your fears today we got to expect the unexpected. I remember many years ago, I went, when I always, as a young lad, used to always play practical jokes on my mum. She's, she'd tell you this, and I used to try and fool her with different things. And one time, I was living in Cambridge for a long time, <clears throat> and I went up, and, and I was, happened to be passing. It's, I live, lived about 150 miles from here. And I was passing by, and I, I just happened to be passing nearby. And I thought, I'm going to surprise my mum. And I'm going to go to the door, and I'm going to knock on the door. But instead of just saying it's me, I'm going to try and pretend I'm someone else and see if she recognizes her own son. So I put a wig on. I just happened to have these things in the car. I had a wig, and I put all these things on, and I went to the door. And uh, this is not so long ago. But I knocked on the door, and she opened. She used to open the door with a little latch so that you couldn't. So it's quite bad, really, what I used to do. But I just used to get a thrill out of Messing around with my mum. And and I went to the door and I was stood there with this wig on and this coat. And I just, she opened the door just a little bit. She goes, hello? And I just said, uh, can I come in please? And I knew she'd get scared. But she she always laughs at this. So that it's, I didn't hurt her. She, uh, she said, and so I stood there and she, I said, can I come in please? And she, sh- and this is what my mum used to do. She just shut the door on me like this. I had a little conversation with my mum. She didn't even recognize me. Shut the door. And then I heard her inside the house. Speaking to my dad. And saying to my dad. There's, there's a, a crazy man outside. Wants to come in the house. And then my dad saying, Well you can't shut the door. You need to speak to them. And I heard this conversation going on inside the house. I'm laughing outside with this wig on. Thinking this is so funny. And then I heard my mum say this through the door. He may have got a gun. And. And my sister was in the house as well, so my sister was actually visiting. I heard them all having a conversation through the window. I was laughing outside because of just a few moments of seeing me. They put all their thought process together to assume what it was. In the end, I had to tell her knock on the door. She went, she, she went crazy, but she laughed and hugged me and cried. And we always laugh. She always says, I can't believe the time you fooled me. But listen to me. She couldn't recognize her own son. She couldn't recognize me because she didn't expect me to come in that way. She expected me to arrive one day and tell her I'm coming. And to phone up and say, I'm coming up, mom, to visit you. She never expected me to come like that, in that way, at that time of the day. And some of us, we don't expect God to come in the way he comes. But he's so close, he's your father, he's your king, he's your savior. But you don't expect him to come, so then you disregard him. I want to encourage you today. Be open. Let go of your fears. Jesus said to them, immediately he said, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. I love that. You can imagine them all scared in the boat. Listen, take courage, guys. It's me. You know, the one with the bread, the one with the miracle we've just done, it's me. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I'm back. Yes, I can walk on water. And I love the next thing that happens. That Peter decides, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to let go of my fears and I'm going to step out of the boat. I want to break the boundaries upon my life. Listen to me. We've talked recently about breaking boundaries. I believe we can break some spiritual boundaries when we start to step out of our boats. Everyone's got a boat of comfort we need to start getting out of. We've got to be ready and not assume that God does things in only one way. Listen to me, when God comes in this house, he'll do things very different in your life. Don't put God into a box. Bill Johnson said this once, you can't invite God into the house and not have something outside of your box happen. He's bigger than our understanding. Hallelujah. In other words, if you want to really step out of the boat, then get ready for what God is going to do. He's going to shock us and surprise us as we let go of our comfort behind us. I want you to look at one of my favorite uh, chapters and verses is Acts chapter 2, 42. I've said it many times recently. We're about the devotion to the church, the devotion to God, and it says this: they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone, it says, was filled with the awe, with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. But listen to this: the New King James version says this. It doesn't say in awe. We always say we want to get an awe back in the church of miracles. But it says this in the New King James: then fear came upon every soul, and many. Wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Listen, there's always a holy fear combined when God is at work. You are going to be fearful sometimes, fearful in reverence of God. So don't get worried when you're a little bit uneasy about what God is doing in the midst. And you think, this is this is not what I expected. Because I believe that there is holy fear, and this is good fear, reverence of God. And if we see here that it says that when signs and wonders are performed, when they operate in this way, that there was a holy fear that came upon them all. We see this as well in the, in the story of Jesus in Nain when he meets the, the young boy and he raises the boy from the dead outside the gate. When that happens, that miracle, that Jesus meets that intersection, he meets and, and raises a young boy from the dead. In Luke chapter 7, he says, Jesus came and he touched the coffin. Those who carried him stood still and he said, young man, I say to you, rise. Imagine seeing this, verse 15. He says, so he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. That's Jesus. Then he says this, verse 16. Then fear came upon all and they glorified God. In other words, listen to me. Dead people don't wake up. They were looking thinking this doesn't happen. This is in the Bible by the way. Jesus meets this young boy. It's a funeral. And the, the the little child is on his way. And he raises this child from the dead. Gives the child back to the mother. And everyone it says was in holy fear. A fear came upon them all. But when this fear comes upon them. They then glorify God. It's holy fear. We've got to get ready for things. Outside of our box, amen? Finally, we need to live beyond our imagination. Live beyond our imagination. When I said Peter, then says, Lord, if it's you, call me to come. I love that. He sets up the miracle. Some of us today need to start getting creative in our miracles. Creative in our thoughts about what God is. Because when you see God doing something, when Jesus is doing something, say, God, if you can do that, then do this in me. And He creates this opportunity. He's creative enough to say, God, if it's possible, I want to walk on water. And He creates this opportunity. Jesus doesn't have a debate with Him. He says, come. Come then. And then He steps. Out of the boat in front of all his disciples and begins to walk upon the water. Listen to me. Peter went from extreme fear to extravagant faith. Extreme fear right through to extravagant faith. I believe God wants to take your fears and turn them into great faith exploits for him. He wants to put them in a com- in, in something that will turn them and change them into great exploits of faith. Some of you today are gripping maybe onto your boat saying, I can't, I can't leave where I am. I can't do this. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm fearful of what might happen. Listen, God is calling you. And as he looked out and he takes a step upon the water, he says, as he begins to walk and he must have been thinking, oh my word. I mean, what would you have done? You step out and I'm not going to fall, but you step out. And you begin to walk on the on the water. But then you begin to see the wind and waves, it says. You begin to doubt. We know the end of the story that as he doubts, he sinks. That's why we see that the power of anything we're ever going to do is fueled by faith. It's not fueled by how good a Christian you are. It's not good. It's not fueled by how well you've done this week, whether you can do something good for God. Everything you do is based on faith. You can't operate. It's the currency of heaven. It's the currency where God is going to allow you to operate in. And I want to tell you today that if you start to doubt, just say, God, I cry out to you. I just love the fact that even though he falls, Jesus goes to pick him up. He doesn't say, I'm going to let you sink and let you see that you failed. I'm going to pick you up. And I love the fact that he says, Jesus even gets back in the boat. He says, they both get into the boat. He doesn't stand out and say, look, I can do this and you can't. He joins him back in his place of comfort and says, listen, you've just see- I can imagine this. You've just seen what I can do. If only you had faith. You could have done more. We could have been out there longer. You could have walked with me. We could have gone back to the other side and back again. If you'd have just let me do it. I, I, can, imagine, I can imagine the disciples saying, this is just amazing. I can't believe what I've seen. I only wish I was the one who stepped out of the boat. Some of us need to do that today. Listen to me. Your imagination is great. Some people say it's wrong to have imagination. Listen, if you've got imagination, it's of God and it's God inspired. It's great. Some people here have got dreams and imagination for God to use you. Listen to me. It's not wrong to have that as long as it's fueled by God. Peter's imagination was fueled by the imitation of Jesus Christ. It was fueled by the imitation of what he saw. I've put here that Jesus is always the foundation for a God-inspired imagination. Jesus is always the foundation for a God-inspired imagination. The only parameters that you've got is that God is glorified. Do you know that? That's the only parameters that are on this. That God is the one who's actually glorified. You see here, he says in John chapter 14 verse 13. He says, sorry, verse 12. Whoever believes in me will do works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. This is Jesus. Because I'm going to the Father. Then he says this in verse 13. I will do, Jesus says, whatever you ask. He's talking to you, by the way. In my name. But then he says this. This is the parameter. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Some of us want to do great exploits. Walk on water. We want to do amazing things and ministries. We want to do all the good stuff. But we don't really want to glorify God. We want to glorify ourselves. You can't do it to glorify yourself. Do you know what will happen? You'll start sinking. Your feet are going to get wet and your body's going to get wet. And you're going to have to learn how to swim quick. Because if you ain't doing it to glorify God. You're doing it for yourself. It's time to let go of your boat. Of limitation. Don't let the comfort of this boat. Determine who you are. You know it says Peter saw the wind. Let me tell you something. You can't see wind. Says Peter saw the wind. That's wrong. You can't see wind. You see the effects of wind. He saw the wind. You can't see wind. You can see there's some people in your life you've already took a leap out of the boat. You've took a step and do you know what happened? You saw. You didn't see the wind. You thought you did. You saw the effects of the the shakings in your life and you thought I can't do this. I'm jumping back in. Because the enemy all he ever can do is shake things. All he ever can do is shake things in your life. But listen to me. Keep Walking. We watched a film recently of a true story of a man who walked between the twin towers. The man on the wire in 1974. Philippe Petit, I think he's called. And he walked between the two twin towers in 1974. And he set up all of the contraption to walk on this wire between these two buildings. This is true. You can watch the film. You can watch the documentaries. And. He says everyone called him a crazy French guy. They said, you're crazy. You cannot do this. This is, you will kill yourself doing this. But he had a dream and a passion to go and do this. In his heart, he wanted to do something greater. It was always another step to do something greater. So he planned, worked out all of the methods to get the wire fitted between these two buildings so that he could do the walk. And on this film you see the the guys are hanging around on these two buildings as they set the wire up. They're not prepared to do this, but he's prepared to take that step. And someone said to him, listen, why don't you have a wire, a safety wire, that if you fall, then you'll be protected. He said, if I have a safety wire, that means nothing. I want to do this without a safety wire. I believe God's calling you to do the the same thing. And safety wires are not included. Stop asking for safety wires. Say, God, I'll do it if we have a safety wire hooked up. Because that is not faith. Faith is when you believe without the safety wire. And you step out. And I looked and I watched this film. And I the moment he steps out. Do you know one of the things? Wind was blowing at the height. You imagine the height of the Twin Towers. The wind was going heavy. And listen, he cannot see the wind, but what does he see? He sees all of his thing that he's worked out in a plan. The foundation of the line, the strength, the tension, everything is starting to sway. Not because he can see the wind, but because the wind is swaying his foundation and his path. Listen to me, your water that you're about to walk on, sometimes will look, it will look and be shaken. It will look like you cannot walk on it. But listen to me, if you trust God, don't think in logic, but think in what God wants to do through you. And take a step for him. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of failure. And don't let your doubts determine your position. John Ortberg wrote another quote. And I love this one as well. And it's from that book. If if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. He said this. The decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. The decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. Listen to me today. I don't know whether you're prepared to just stay in the boat of comfort. Maybe you've already took a step and you've listened to the instruction of the Lord. You've left the land. Now you're in the middle of the water. You said, I've done what you said before, but I ain't, I ain't prepared to get back out of this boat because now where you're asking me to get out. this is just This is just too much. Maybe that's the position you're in today. Some of you maybe you have not even left the land. You said, I'm not even going to listen to the instruction of God. I'm going to stay where I am. Listen, you can stay where you are. You can stay put. But I'm telling you now that you will see great and mighty things through God. If you trust him. As I come to finish. Ephesians 3 verse 20 to 21 says this. Paul said this. I love these verses. He says... Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than, we, than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you know God has got immeasurably big things for you. And he's calling you to step out. He's calling you to step out of your boat. Some of you got boats of life at the moment where... This is the only life you know. You don't know life even with Christ. You're saying, I ain't getting into any boat with you because I don't really know you. And I'm skew where I am, thank you very much. I'm happy where I am. Who invited you, Jesus, to tell me that I want to get into your boat? But do you know what? He knows best. Because he knows everything about you. The Bible says that God knows even the numbers of hairs upon our head. He knows all the details of our life. I know today that I'm so glad that whatever he asks me to do, I'm scared, you know. But I'll do it. Because life is not worth living if it's not for Jesus Christ. Come on, let's stand. Hallelujah.